1: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. LeBron, do you take any extra motivation after all that the team went through last year? And do you still feel like you have something to prove or show to the LA Lakers fans? I'm very motivated. Right now, not in talking about it mode. My mother always told me, don't talk about it, be about it.
2: Buddy to the Lakers Legacy Podcast where the next Taco Tuesday you'll be hearing from LeBron James is hopefully one that's punctuated with a hammer dunk and a win against the Los Angeles Clippers because this next Taco Tuesday signals the official start of the NBA regular season. The quest for 17 for the purple and gold begins and we are all appropriately strapped in and ready for all of it. And as we have done every year on this podcast, we are tailgating the right way with our annual season stats and player award predictions episode. An episode that if you actually flash back to by season's end may reveal more of how stupid we are than smartly predictive. But hey, who doesn't love a predictions episode? I am your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and tonight we have a special guest on he helped us usher in the 2017 and 18 season last year for our predictions episode. Then we're hoping for a much more prosperous and fruitful ushering in this time around than we had last season. But uh, for the fourth time on this podcast, McDonald's mogul 30 plus year Lakers season ticket holder. Uh, my best friend, son to Chinese immigrants, Chinese American, <laughs> Mr. Andy Chang, Andy As a Chinese-American man who's probably first or second-generation Chinese-American, do you feel qualified enough tonight to talk about the geopolitical tensions that arose in the Far East with regards to the NBA, Daryl Morey, China, LeBron James, and the Lakers last week?
3: Well, thanks again for uh, inviting me on. But no, I don't think I'm... um well equipped enough to speak about that topic so
2: no great because we were not planning to talk about any of that tonight we're here to talk about the official start of the regular season and predict and speak into existence some stats
3: yeah i I think last year we did or i did so poorly i don't know if this is a good idea to do it again
2: Yeah, maybe we should go back and burn that tape. We can't burn it because it's on the internet and somebody already downloaded it. Um, Anyways, this is our second episode in four days um, before the regular season starts. So please appreciate the grind and follow us on Twitter, at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please, please, please also rate, interview us five stars on iTunes. That helps us out a lot. Helps out with exposure and overall visibility. Uh, subscribe, share, like, retweet the drops of these episodes that we put out on Twitter. And please also head over to patreon.com slash thelakerslegacypodcast if you'd like to help us out financially in any small way. Even a dollar goes a long way. Lastly, we are brought to you by lineups.com. Check them out for all of your betting tips needs uh andy the icebreaker for tonight i unfortunately don't have a double foul to share with you some listeners actually enjoyed that segment over the summer believe it or not um (laughs) but andy and i have been in this yahoo fantasy basketball keeper league for the last i don't know four years i'm the commissioner of it we're getting ready and, and gearing up for yeah like i mentioned our fourth year and we're excited and every year I like to name the league some stupid punny name that coincides with a popular player in the league, a trolley player in the league, or a new rookie that's coming in for the first time. So Andy, I'm gonna present to you and this is this is the first time you're hearing this. So uh, All right, drum roll. This is gonna be our Yahoo Fantasy Basketball 2019-20 league name this year. You ready?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: The Zion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh!
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 oh, it's too good and too me. Do you like that name?
3: I think it'll be fitting for my back to back championship.
2: Oh, yikes. Yes, Andy did win the league championship last year. Are you planning to pick Zion Williamson in the third round this year?
3: Uh, more like second round hello
2: so you can use that name for your team name as well but I don't know we'll see um with that said before we get started Andy as our resident McDonald's rep what is the latest McDonald's seasonal item that you want to plug to the peoples
3: well let me tell you the McRib has sold so well that we're cutting it a week short so unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately the McRib is gonna Say bye-bye by next week, but we do have a seasonal um, couple items, mostly dessert items. We have a a cookie cinnamon latte coming first week of November, Um, and then we're also bringing back donut sticks, this time with a chocolate dipping sauce.
2: Donut sticks. I have not heard of this. You're bringing it back. Oh, okay. We're bringing it back i they gotta there check for, that
3: item. in the summer for about a couple months
2: sounds like instant diabetes Now <laughs> no, they, they all sound good if you rate interview us five stars on itunes you will get all of those things free right andy this is a cross promotional thing oh, yeah for sure donald's lakers legacy podcast promotional incentive rate interview us five stars Oh, yeah. One last thing before we get started on our predictions. Uh, As I mentioned briefly, Andy and his family have been Lakers season ticket holders since before he was born. Uh, Every year, they split up their tickets with another family or two in a lottery of sorts to determine which games out of the 42 home games he'll be going to this season. Actually, 41. I can do math. Uh, (laughs) This season, Andy's splitting it up with just one other family. Andy, you've likely by now had your lottery pickings. Uh, so can you give me the highlights of which games you'll be going to this season? And what were your first top three or four picks?
3: So I, I obviously started with the Christmas Day game, because I think that's the the main one on the list. Did you get number um, one pick, by the way? We did, yeah. Okay, nice. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think I'll be attending that game, though. What? <laughs> <laughs> because my sister and brother-in-law and nephew will be coming to watch that game Oh, that's from nice. the ATL yeah that's
2: so. the Clippers game right
3: that is the Clippers game yep um we we got the Boston game I think we got the Giannis game Ooh! and of course we got a Zion game Ooh. so it's gonna be a fun season
2: very nice did you get the Sixers game
3: uh i think we conceded that one.
2: one oh okay yeah all right
3: i think i picked the the nets over that hoping that maybe katie might come back at some point what month is that i think it's february
2: ah okay maybe maybe we'll see maybe oh those are good games celtics clippers Giannis. that's all you need zion too yeah all right with that said as usual i keep saying before we get started this time i really mean it before we get started andy any preseason takeaways from your end with regards to just how Anthony Davis and LeBron James have looked together as this devastating duo, and any other thing you want to point out that kind of stood out to you?
3: Um, I I think my cheeks hurt too much the past couple of days because I keep smiling. <laughs> uh, just watching watching the duo kind of dominate the smaller size Warriors. Um, but obviously we can't read too much into it, right? It's, it's only sure. preseason. But uh, yeah, I'm very excited. What do you think?
2: Uh, the duo of LeBron James and Anthony Davis can run pick and rolls all day and night long forever and ever, amen, because I don't know how teams can guard that. At times when LeBron James is tossing those pocket passes to Anthony Davis It's insane and absurd how open Anthony Davis is for these dunks. And even when LeBron James and Anthony Davis miss, like, easy layups or jump shots, the defense is so keyed in on them that their teammates, if they're in the vicinity of the basket, just get these open, like, Cleanup looks, you know, mm-hmm. like JaVale McGee, you see it all the time, mm-hmm. offensive rebound, he's wide open for a dunk. Um, you see guys cutting like Avery Bradley. Why are they, why does it look like a layup line out there? On the baseline, Avery Bradley and Danny Green, why do they look like the Rajon Rondo wide open like that? It's crazy just how much uh, gravity those two have uh, between themselves and how much the defense just sucks in and hones in on them. So I think that's been the most exciting part. And then... What are your thoughts on the Quinn Cook show, man? And just and just the Lakers <laughs> finally being able to actually hit open three point shots.
3: Yeah, it was obviously a revenge game. I mean, <laughs> he took it so seriously that maybe he should have just saved a little for the actual season. <laughs> but it looked like he was he was channeling his uh, Clay Thompson or something because we, him and um, Bradley they were both just. couldn't miss it was it was pretty pretty crazy
2: yep it was very nice to see and hopefully that translates to the regular season as guys realize i'm gonna be open all season let me just knock away the nerves or or shake away the nerves and hit this like i do in practice Uh, Last thing. What do you think of Dwight Howard? How is his redemption 39 season going so far in your eyes? Obviously he's lost a step, not as athletic as he once was. And obviously we'll get to his stats and stuff. Uh, Can't block as many shots as he once did, but what are your thoughts on him actually embracing the role he's been given and still somehow, because we have Anthony Davis and LeBron James in his uh, deteriorated state here, still averaging like 10 and eight off the bench.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean I I set the bar so low for him in the beginning of the season <laughs> that anything anything plus is, you know, is is cherry. But yesterday just like as you mentioned, he was very evidently slower than, you know, his normal prime um Dwight, you know, dominant self. But the rebounding is still there, I think. He's actually hustling a bit more than he used mm-hmm. to. <laughs> uh, free throws, he still sucks. Um, offensively, you know, not that great. But again, that's not what we need him for.
2: Yeah, that's true. But I think because he's lost his athleticism, he's been forced to kind of use his mind a little more and play a little smarter. And we saw that sixth assist game Uh, The last night when Anthony Davis and LeBron James sat and that was something that I didn't know Dwight Howard had in his bag. I don't know how much that's going to translate on a night to night basis, but a Dwight Howard who knows that he is a shell of himself will hopefully continue to embrace this role player role and also find other ways to contribute. I guess even just becoming more of a high basketball IQ sort of player, kind of like what happens to guards when they age too, right? Their athleticism wanes, but the game kind of slows down a little bit more for them. And for Dwight Howard, that just means setting solid screens, continuing to roll to the basket, and maybe because he can't finish as well as he once did and he still has butterfingers, passing it a little bit more and showing off more of that playmaking. One thing that I have noticed about Dwight I think because he's slimmed down and and become more cut, you mentioned he's hustling a little bit more. And maybe this is something Dwight Howard has always had, but his hands, while it's bad on the offensive end, in terms of catching balls, he's good at stripping the ball a lot. I don't know if you've noticed that, but he had like a four steal game the last game as well. And maybe while he won't get as many blocks this season, I think he'll be able to get more steals. So something to look forward to. And the last game, he also had like a, a steal into a breakaway dunk. So... Kudos to Dwight Howard for buying in. Hopefully he continues to do that because he has to, or else we'll cut his ass uh, at (laughs) least till January. Um, All right. With that said, let's start our season predictions segment. Let's start right from the top with the Lakers standings. The over right now in Vegas for the Lakers is set at 51.5. What do you have to say about that? And I guess for you, like what, what range are you giving the Lakers with regards to how many wins do you think they're going to have by season's end?
3: Yeah, I think 50, low fifties. I think that's a, that's what I'd say as well. So I, I'm going with the Vegas books and I'll say 52. Um, oh, you're going over. Nice. Just slightly. I mean, because <laughs> of the fan bias, obviously, but uh, I think that'll put us, you know, right in that four or five spot. Hopefully, um, you know, contending for a first round home court, but I don't want to get too, you know, ahead of ourselves and uh, (laughs) just, you know, predict a a, a 72 and 10 season or anything like that.
2: (laughs) Sure, sure. You're you're very conservative last year and apparently you weren't conservative enough, but obviously (laughs) injuries hit us big time. This year, we have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. I think we can still play it safe, but be a little more optimistic and hopeful. I put down 53 wins, and um, I actually have us at second in the West with 53 wins. So just to give a little bit of context, last year, the Golden State Warriors had 57 wins, and they were in first place. Second place went to the Denver Nuggets with um, 54 wins. And then third place, it was Portland with 53, Houston with 53. This year, I think the same cannibalization thing will go on in the West. Um, So I have Denver at 55 wins at first place. Lakers second with 53. Number three, the Rockets with 51, although Hmm. I am not so sold on that. (laughs) Clippers number four at 50 wins. How do you have your top four shaken out if you've thought about it?
3: Um, Yeah, I have Denver first. Uh, The Clippers sitting at second. Um, and then Utah, and then Lakers Blazers, Blazers Lakers kind of just interchangeable. I don't know who's gonna get that home court.
2: Now, why do you have the Clippers second? Are you, aren't you worried about the load managing that will happen between Kawhi and it? Paul George is gonna miss the first ten games of the season at least, and they have a pretty tough schedule.
3: Yeah, I mean I've I've fallen for this trick many times in the past couple of years. And what trick? That's underestimating Doc Rivers and the Clippers um, coaching staff. So I'm going to say, you know, they do well. Hopefully they prove me wrong and they don't do so well, but we'll see.
2: Okay, cool. Uh, With regards to whether the Lakers will be a better offensive team or a better defensive team this year, where do you think they'll lie in terms of offensively? Are they going to be middle of the pack, maybe top 10 in offense? Uh, Yeah, first are they going to be a better offensive team or defensive team? And then second, where do you think they'll rank in both categories?
3: I think we'll be a better offensive team. I think uh, we score more points than defend. And that's just going to be because, you know, the age factor. I think we, we have a couple great games, maybe play great defense when the, the games matter or the count most. Um, But, you know, against those off nights against, Minnesota, Sacramento, all those you know, teams that we don't really care about, probably take it easy on the, on the defensive end. So I'm going to say offense carries our team, ranked probably in the top third of, of the league. Um, and then defense will probably be middle of the middle of the pack or something somewhere on there.
2: Okay, Um, I have us actually being a slightly better defensive team just because of Anthony Davis and then the combo of bigs that we have Dwight Howard, LeBron James and then as Avery Bradley and Danny Green showed we can lock up the perimeter as well Um, it all rests on well health and if we can guard the perimeter and guard three point shooting teams um, so we'll see I'm confident in our interior defense to sort of just man the line, hold the line. Um, but, yeah, the Brooklyn games kind of gave me a little scare with just uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how weak our three-point defense can be. But hopefully we can shore that up and uh, we uh, stop letting the bigs drop so low when guarding the perimeter uh, and we fight through screens, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, yeah, I have us offensively maybe like, 12th in the league in offensive rating. Defensively, I have this at 10th. Maybe that's like too high, but that's currently where I have it. Uh, Lastly, with regards to team-related stuff, three-point shooting. Last year, the Lakers were second to last (laughs) at 33.3%. What are you thinking this year? Do you think they'll be able to get to middle of the pack with the guys that they've uh, acquired in the off season and, and seeing what you've seen from the preseason and, and knowing how wide open these guys are going to be? Even though, again, the, the Laker curse may be real with regards to three-point shooting. But,
3: uh, yeah, three-point shooting and free throw shooting. I think those are our curses. But trying not to factor in too much of what we saw last night, I think will probably be middle of the pack. Um, I don't think we're going to repeat as bad as the performance we did last year, so hopefully those shooters that we signed this year will still be able to shoot in a purple and gold uniform.
2: Very true. Um, I have us at 13th in the league, hitting 35.2%. The percentages actually don't drastically differ from each other in terms of ranking. I think If you had like a 34%, you jumped to like the early 20s last year. So Mm. even if we jump like 1.7%, that should get us to middle of the pack. And with Kuzma rounding into form, hopefully, and then Avery Bradley, Quinn Cook is the biggest factor here, along with Jared Dudley and Danny Green. Hopefully that'll be enough to get us to 13th middle of the pack, hitting 35% or so. All right, let's get into it. Uh, Let's start with seasonal awards. Andy, coach of the year. I've got Jason Kidd. What about you? (laughs) (laughs) This is not. This is like a troll award. Do you anticipate Frank Vogel doing a good job with the coaching staff? Maybe the more apt question here.
3: Yeah, I I think he was the right fit. You know, in the summer, considering the options that we were considering, and so I think with you know the. The knowledge and the experience around him, including himself, I think, um, you know, he does a admirable job, um, you know, as captain, but it really, you know, it doesn't really matter how he coaches as long as he has LeBron's and eighties uh, trust in that yeah. he can, you know, still be able to be a player's coach and have that analytical mindset. Um, throughout the season so hopefully they mesh well but um, you never know
2: yeah I agree I think Frank Vogel's biggest job will be people managing and outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis it will be people managing like guys like Rajon Rondo and Avery Bradley When people get discontent with their roles, how's he going to do that? They have five guards that they need to shuffle around. We're lucky that, you know, DeMarcus Cousins isn't in the equation. So we have one less guy who, you know, has quote unquote been a star before who might get disgruntled with the lack of playing time. But yeah, people managing is going to be a big thing for Frank Vogel. And hopefully he said in the last year or two since he's been out of the league that he really studied up on how offenses have changed, how... The league has progressed and hopefully he's implementing some more advanced sets and allowing guys to get freed up but at the end of the day anthony davis and lebron james are the system we're just hoping that it doesn't stagnate around them and we're not solely solely relying on that even though that's a good thing to rely upon uh coach of the year goes to frank vogel but my dark horse is phil handy the player development coach (laughs) Um, he's a really good player development coach by the way. Okay, let's start from the top. MVP, are you giving it to Anthony Davis, or do you believe in the LeBron James Rampage comeback?
3: I really like LeBron going into this Mm. year. Yeah, I I just think, um, you know, I I was kind of thinking about when he went to Miami, uh, you know, to form that, that trio, And at the time, it was D-Wade's team. And he explicitly said that, you know, to the media. This is D-Wade's team. Chris Bosh and I are just coming along for the ride, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And kind of the same thing this year, you know. I'm handing the reins over to to AD and letting him run the team. Um, And and I'll kind of just be that support um, Robin to your Batman. And so I think when you look at those stats... Well, I, I don't even know, but if you look at those stats from that that uh, first year, I still think LeBron performed better than than D Wade, even though it was supposed to be D Wade's team. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of gave maybe LeBron less pressure mentally to you know for himself to perform, um, and maybe he's he has that same kind of feel going into this year, even though he's secretly brooding and wants revenge on this entire league. Um, but we'll see. I, I think I think he has a bounce back year this year. Hopefully, injuries injuries don't really you know keep him keep him down. But um, I'm if he stays healthy, I'm confident that he's going to kill it for the year.
2: So MVP for LeBron James,
3: most definitely.
2: I like that thinking and. And uh, rationale. I'm still going to give it to Anthony Davis because I think I've seen enough from LeBron James to see that he's going to want to pace himself again. And with Anthony Davis, he knows he can definitely pace himself. And I think this time, if he says it, if you have to remember when he said that with Dwayne Wade, that was what, six years ago at this point? That was like I think if he says <laughs> it 10 years ago, if he says that with Anthony Davis, I'm more prone to actually believing it this time around. And I feel like Anthony Davis's stats are just going to be out of this world sickly. Obviously we'll get to his stats a little bit later, but I think LeBron James is just going to rack up the assists and kind of spoon feed him and help him get that MVP. I I will say that in a weird way LeBron James will be the one who's kind of helping prop him up to get that MVP, but I feel like Anthony Davis's stats and just the defensive intensity, that may be where uh that may be the differentiating factor like anthony davis's effect on both ends and just how many more points he's going to score because of lebron james his field goal percentage because of lebron james his assists are going to go up i think it's going to be a a, Anthony Davis, that's more in line with what we've been seeing from Giannis, and all because he has so much more space to work with uh, due to the fact that he's playing with the best player that he's ever played with before. I obviously would not rule out the bounce-back year from LeBron James, the revenge year, the the reclaim-the-throne year, but I think I've seen enough to to know that LeBron James is missing chippies at the basket, and he's probably going to want to continue to personally load manage even if he doesn't miss that many games so MVP to Anthony Davis for me for the Lakers this year Um, most improved player of the year Kyle Kuzma seems like the obvious choice here but with the recent stress reaction injury that kind of muddles things a little bit what are your thoughts on who will be the Lakers most improved player of the year and this does not need to be a player who's improving as a Laker from last year, just that he improved from whatever statistically he did last year or the seasons prior.
3: Yeah, I think, um, and I kind of get this, you know, just based on the, (laughs) the few preseason games that we've had, but I'm going to say most improved from last year will be Avery Bradley. Mm. Just, uh, you know, watching him yesterday Uh, Very impressive. I think he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he plays with a lot of tenacity. I think he'll foul out a lot of games. (laughs) But, (laughs) um, you know, I like like the activity, especially on the defensive end, you know, as you were saying earlier. um, But yesterday he showed that he still has his shot, too. Hopefully it stays. Hopefully it wasn't, you know, just a one and done thing. But... I like what I saw yesterday, so I'm going to say Avery Bradley, most improved player.
2: Yeah, and Avery Bradley has a lot to prove given how terrible he was in LA last year with the Mm -hmm. other team. And perennially, he is a high-volume three-point shooter who has had seasons where he hit two threes a game and shot 38 39%, and he will be the most open he'll ever be, so hopefully he takes advantage of that. My most improved player of the year is, and you're gonna find a very common theme with a lot of my answers tonight. (laughs) Most improved player of the year goes, uh, for me, goes to Quinny Cook. He's free (laughs) from the Golden State system, free from having to play behind Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, not having the ball in his hands. And he will benefit greatly from Anthony Davis and LeBron James and the gravity that they have. And just the screens that they're able to set him, and even the screens that Dwight Howard's able to set him, I think we're just going to see a brand new Quinn Cook, who I think he's only, what, 25, 26? He's still young. He's still got some potential in him. And I think we're going to see it bubble forth a little bit more than we did in Golden State when he was sort of relegated to being this spot-up shooter Um off the catch off the ball sort of guy we'll see him more in pick and rolls we'll see him use his crafty uh dribble game and uh he's gonna put it up he's gonna put points up in bunches and he is our best three-point shooter uh in terms of just shooting it off the dribble and being able to pull up anywhere so uh yeah quinn cook for me quinn cookies and cream uh okay this next award is kind of weird it's sort of similar to most improved player i don't know how you interpreted this uh, bounce Back Player of the Year. This award, I guess, sort of connotates that the player has been struggling the last year or has had a couple of years where he struggled, but uh, which player are you picking for this award?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I I guess you could say Avery Bradley just because based off what I picked earlier. Right, yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to say LeBron James again.
2: LeBron James, okay. Because
3: obviously... You know, he had the probably the worst season he's had in a very long time. And he's got so much to prove again. Uh, I think he, he, you know, as I said, dominate, dominates the league again and just puts up godly numbers. Hopefully those chippy whatever's that he's been missing is just to throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, hopefully it would be uh Dwight you know I want to I want to pray that he's going to bounce back from the terrible year last year but um, I have more confidence in saying that LeBron will bounce back to his greatness knowing that this could be his best opportunity to win uh possibly his last championship
2: that's true and possibly his last MVP before he officially hands it off to Anthony Davis so I like that line of thinking. I like that you also think that he's purposefully missing <laughs> layups <laughs> just to throw people off. Kind of like JaVale McGee purposefully kind of faked an injury yeah, an just injury. so he can jump yeah. inbounds, jump back inbounds, and, like, slam it down. So, yeah, I like that uh, House of Cards uh, type of thinking. Uh, bounce Back Player of the Year for me, you know, I, I like, like you mentioned, you could go Avery, Dwight, LeBron. I'm going to give it to uh, Dwight Howard just because of what we've already seen from him this preseason. Um, he's bought into his role, embraced it. Uh, slowly, even just in the first few games that we've seen, he's getting his athleticism back. It's never going to be to the point where he was even two years ago when he was with Charlotte, but I think he's starting to regain some of it with the alley-oop dunks that he's been able to get. Um you can see his chiseled body and and how cut he's gotten, how that's helped him move better on the floor, at least on the perimeter Mm -hmm. and at least running the floor. Mm -hmm. So I think he's, as he continues to get his legs underneath him, you'll see even uh, an even more athletic Dwight Howard. It's never going to be the same, but I like what he's brought in terms of just setting solid screens, not doing too much, not posting up as much, uh, just being that cleanup garbage man type Uh, as he gets more comfortable with his teammates Hopefully he'll be able to catch more of their passes. Dwight is notoriously bad at catching passes, but I think right now it's going to—it's more of a chemistry thing. And hopefully he can con- continue to show off some of that playmaking ability that he showed in that one game against uh, the Warriors in in preseason. And uh, he hit like eight of ten from the free throw line um, in that game. And hopefully he can at least hit sixty percent. We'll see. So bounce back player of the year, Dwight Howard. Uh, six man of the year award. Who is this going to, Andy? And I guess the, your answer here will kind of uh, reveal how you think the rotation is going to shake out for the right. most part.
3: Yeah, that, that's the tricky part, right? Because we don't really know what that starting five is going to look like. But um, I'm going to say Kuzma is going to mm-hmm. be off the bench. So Kuzma will be my sixth man of the year. Um, hopefully he gets over his injury you know, sooner than, rather than later. Uh, but really got to count on him to carry that scoring portion of that uh, bench unit hopefully he gets the opportunity to close out games with the uh, starting unit but I think based on matchups um, you know we'll see I, the defense obviously is probably still a liability and that's the only reason why he might not be um, you know in those crucial moments but I think the scoring output that he provides will will push him over the top as the sixth man of the Lakers.
2: I have Kyle Kuzma as my sixth man of the year as well. I think he's going to struggle out of the gate just to regain his timing and just work him work his way back from the injury. It's really unfortunate because he he already kind of went through training camp with his fiba usa stint and his shot looked really good his new formed shot where he's shooting it over his head looked pure he was hustling on defense he looked like that ultimate utility glue guy uh he'll have to sort of make his way back from that when he returns but yeah if Kyle Kuzma isn't our sixth man of the year I'm kind of worried you know so yeah he has to be <laughs> that guy uh rookie of the year we don't have a young core anymore we've got Zach Norvell, Kaycock, Taylor Horton Tucker who hasn't played a single game um Costas Antetokounmpo this is a trolley award but Andy who is your rookie of the year
3: yeah I mean I don't think any of these rookies will really get any playing time but I'll go Norvell I think i would like you know the couple highlights that he's had uh, but I really don't think any of these guys will crack the rotation
2: I like Norvell a lot too his shot is uh, pure he really gets it off very quickly um but I'm going to give it to Costas Antetokounmpo for all the intangibles, <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> and also, it's really cool just to see Antetokounmpo on the back of a Lakers jersey, uh, self-prophesying for uh, a year or two from now. Uh, okay, uh, lastly, the trolliest award of all, Community Service Award. Who do you got?
3: Of course, it's the Duds, right? I mean, he's the fan favorite, and he'd probably make a lot of um, you know appearances on random TV spots uh but what do you do when you're a vet you help the community
2: exactly i'm giving it to dwight howard read into that how you will all right with that said we're going to now shift into our statistical predictions for the lakers top players we won't go through the whole rigmarole of the entire roster pretty much just the starting lineup let's start with anthony davis andy you've been alluding to it um Last year in 33 minutes per game, he averaged 26 points, 12 rebounds, four assists. It's pretty much a career high for him. Um, 1.6 steals, 2.4 blocks, 52% from the field, 33% hitting one three a game. How do you see his stats shaking out this year? And do you have a rationale for how how you got to those numbers?
3: Um, so I have him 25 points a game, slightly mm-hmm. lower um uh, uh one board less 11 boards uh but an, an assist higher so uh, five mm-hmm. uh defensive stats i think still stay the same i think percentages are r- relatively the same maybe hitting um three pointers at a, maybe a higher clip uh but i don't think lbj makes him a better player per se uh i think mm-hmm he still gets his own making it maybe a little easier hopefully we blow teams out a lot of the games and so he doesn't get the opportunity to you know pad his stats Mm. (laughs) um but i have most of the statistic statistical um awards going to lbj so i'm gonna say he takes a little step back
2: all right. I have, I'm in line with you on pretty much the other supplementary stats. I have him at 11 boards just because I think this is a better rebounding team that he's ever had, especially LeBron James is going to pick up rebounds. JaVale McGee is going to pick up rebounds, Dwight Howard, etc. cetera. Uh, 11 boards, five assists. We've already seen his playmaking come into play. Um, 1.5 steals. I have him uh, with an uptick in the blocks department, 2.8. Higher field goal percentage because of LeBron, 55% higher, three-point percentage, 36% hitting 1.3 a game. Um, I have him averaging 28 points. I think think with the higher amount of threes and just how open he's going to be and all those being the recipient of all these LeBron James pick-and-roll reads, it's going to be so easy for him to score. You, You may be right in terms of hopefully we're blowing out enough teams that it's gonna kind of plateau a little bit his his scoring, um, his his point scoring total, um, but we've seen in the preseason like he's racking twenty two points up in like first halves you know so i don't know i, I anticipate a very big year for anthony davis the, the same way that you anticipate a very big year for lebron james with that said i'm interested to see what you have for lebron james who last year in 35 minutes per game even though it was it was considered a down year he still averaged 27 points 8 rebounds 8 assists 1.3 steals 0.6 blocks 51 percent from the field 34 percent from three hitting two a game uh what do you have him averaging this year and what's your rationale
3: I got him at 29 points what? per game. And right. I think AD makes LeBron a better player. I think oh, the focus go you know, the focus on defense, you'd put, you know, your double teams on AD rather than LeBron. Maybe LeBron gets a couple more easy baskets, a couple easy looks. So I got him 29 points. Rebounds is the same at eight. And nine assists so a little bump on that. Um defensively I I think he stays the same. I I don't really see any you know um lift or or down on those stats. Um and then efficiency I think goes up a little bit too. So I have Mm -hmm. him at like fifty five percent from the (laughs) field (laughs) hitting uh thirty five percent from three uh about two a game as well.
2: Nice. I have him at 25 points, 9 rebounds, and a career-high 10 assists because of (laughs) Anthony Davis, obviously. Believe it or not, LeBron James has never averaged 10 assists in his career. Nine assists Hmm. with Cleveland, his last stint with Cleveland, was the highest he's ever averaged. So I think he's going to push for that career-high mark in assists this year due to just what an amazing two-man, second-man Anthony Davis will be for him in that pick-and-roll game. Uh, I have him shooting 53% from the field, 35% from three with an uptick in makes somehow, 2.3 a game, 1.5 steals, 0.5 blocks.
3: Yeah. Who do you think has more minutes between those two?
2: LeBron James and Anthony Davis?
3: Yeah. Per game.
2: Uh, I still think Anthony Davis. I mean, it's, yeah. I think LeBron James is still going to somewhat do some load managing. 35 last year was kind of his lowest mark but we were playing at such a higher pace that it kind of evened itself out uh, so I could see him playing 34 hmm. Anthony Davis played 33 last year but last year was a weird year uh, wh- yeah. why, what are you thinking?
3: Uh, I I think for some weird reason LBJ averages more minutes than AD and, <laughs> and that also gives him a statistical edge I'll, you know, get sure. more minutes to get more stats, but
2: Given the fact that we don't have like another primary ball handler, maybe I I could kind of see that rationale. Um, Cool. So those are our top two players. Uh, Let's move on to Kyle Kuzma. Last year in 33 minutes per game, he averaged 19 points, 5.5 rebounds, 2.5 assists, 0.6 steals, 0.4 blocks on 45.6% from the field, 30% from three hitting 1.8 a game. Uh, what do you have Kyle Kuzma averaging this year?
3: Uh, I think points takes a dip, maybe 16 points a game. Uh, rebounds about the same, five to five and a half. Um, Assists maybe goes up a little bit to three. Um, and then defensively, I don't really see him making many <laughs> strides in terms of um, you know stats. So I, I believe those the same. And then the threes um, give him a slight bump at two a game.
2: What about percentage? That's the important part for Kuzma. Oh,
3: percentage. Let's see. He did what was it? He said thirty percent last year.
2: From three yeah. and forty-five per, forty-five point six percent from the field.
3: Yeah, I think um, field goals drop to about like forty-three, but he Whoa. takes more threes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, But he hits him maybe at like 33, 35, hopefully.
2: Okay, cool. Uh, I have Kuzma at 17 points per game, 6 rebounds, 3.5 assists. I do think his defensive stats are going to improve slightly based off of what I saw in Team USA play, although the stress reaction does throw a wrinkle into that. Um, But he was very aggressive and played really well out on the perimeter. I think he'll average one steal a game, 0.6 blocks. I think this is the year he turns it around percentage-wise. He doesn't need the ball to get his shots. He's going to get so many off-ball cutting opportunities from LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I have him shooting 47% from the field. 37% 37% from three. Please, Ooh. Kuzma, hit this mark for me. <laughs> I have you in fantasy basketball. Um, I was just going to say, gonna, are you
3: saying this because of fantasy <laughs> or reality? I,
2: I Both. Both apply. Uh, and I have him hitting 2.43s a game, actually. So that's a bump up from his 1.8 last year. So hoping that happens. Uh, what about Danny Green? Last year in 27 minutes, 10 for 1.6 steals, 0.7 blocks, 46% from the field, a ridiculous 45% from three, hitting 2.5 a game. This year, you have Danny Green.
3: I think his points drop, maybe eight. Uh, Rebounds, I think, go to like two and a half because I really don't see him crashing the boards with all those bigs. Um, And then assists uh, will go up to two Uh, with a steal a game and um, it blocks, I think, just because of age, and goes down to maybe half a block. <laughs> sure. Uh, but efficiency, that's the key, right? And I think that stays the same. Um, he stays a top uh, elite three-point shooter that comes through with us, for us, in the clutch.
2: Cool. I have Danny Green also... With a bump down in points, 9 points, 3 rebounds, 1.5 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.8 blocks, uh, 47% from the field. I think he won't be able to maintain that ridiculous 45% from three, but I have him at 42%, but hitting a higher clip from three-point land at 2.8, which is crazy in general. Um, JaVale McGee, 22 Minutes per game last year, 12 points, seven rebounds. And that's a career high 12 points, by the way, which is pretty incredible for a 31 year old or whatever. Um, 12, seven, and two blocks last year on 62% from the field. What do you got JaVale McGee averaging this year?
3: I'm going to say 11 points, uh, but eight rebounds. Um, and blocks, I think, will go up to mm-hmm. two and a half. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hopefully that's not just wishful thinking. Uh but uh, percentages, I think sixty percent uh for him from the field.
2: Cool. Uh, I have JaVale McGee averaging eleven points, six rebounds, so a slight bump down, two point five blocks as well, sixty-four percent from the field. I still don't know rebounding wise what he's gonna how he's gonna play with Anthony Davis. Like uh mm-hmm. I think I'm thinking that. Because he's the center, he'll be the one blocking most of the shots, so Anthony Davis will be the beneficiary of some some rebounds, but I guess it could also play out the same way the other way around, where Anthony Davis is blocking more shots and JaVale McGee is getting rebounds. But I also see LeBron James getting more of those rebounds so that he can leak out. So maybe I'm right in line with that six, <laughs> six rebound <laughs> average, but we'll see. He's never really been a proficient, prolific rebounding sort of big because he likes to block a lot of shots. Um, Dwight Howard. So this is interesting. Uh, in nine games with the Washington Wizards, he, he played 25 minutes per game, 12.8 points, nine rebounds, 62% from the field. Pretty similar to JaVale McGee, actually. What do you have him averaging off the bench this year?
3: I'm gonna go 10 and eight um, with high efficiency at 63%, uh, uh, but the blocks, I think he averages about a block and a half and uh steal and a half as well.
2: Huh, nice. Um, I have him at 11 points, nine rebounds, 1.5 steals. I think that's where I've seen him improve the most, just being super handsy on defense and stripping a lot of balls. Um, I have him at one block. He hasn't been as prolific a a shot blocking sort of center in the last few years because of his lack of lift. But who knows? Maybe that comes around. 64% from the field. And I'm hoping, hoping 60% from the free throw line. We'll see. Um, Okay, the last guy we're going to do a stat prediction on is I left it open ended. I said pick whoever you think will be the most impactful point guard and predict their stats. So. Who's that going to be for you, Andy? And what are their stats next year?
3: The most impactful point guard will be LeBron James. Sure. Okay, <laughs> trick
2: question. All right, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Next one.
3: Um, I think I think um, I'm I'm with you. I think Quinn Cook. Ooh. Will show you know his true form, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully he averages uh, eleven points. Uh, with a couple of dimes, because, you know, that's what point guards do. Um, but he's he hopefully hits right around that Danny Green elite status, mm-hmm. 45, 40% from three.
2: Yes, sir. I have Quinn Cook as my most impactful point guard, too. And this is all knowing that Quinn Cook's not a great defender, but on this team, it's not going to matter, man. It's just who's <laughs> going to fit the best next Anthony Davis and LeBron James and make our offense elite, and that guy is Quinn Cook. And just to give you some context, um, last year in 10 starts, pretty much whenever Quinn Cook has started at point guard for the Golden State Warriors, He's a guy you pick up in fantasy basketball, right? He's able Mm -hmm. to put up the stats. Uh, Last year in 10 starts, he averaged 12 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists on 41% from the field, 38% from three, hitting two threes a game. In 2017-18 season, in 18 starts, he averaged 15 points, 3.6 rebounds, 4 assists on 49% shooting from the field, 47% from three, hitting 2.2 a game. That's 18 games. That's a pretty good sample size. So if this guy is given minutes and the opportunity to actually orchestrate a game, he can do something with the ball, you know, and he can shoot the lights out, obviously. So um, for me, I've got Quinn Cook at averaging around 25 minutes per game with 13 points, three rebounds, 3.5 assists on 44% from the field, 40% from three, hitting 2.5 a game.
3: Nice. Oh, boy. Let's Quinny Cook, let's yeah, go. Have this. But did you see I think yesterday and I don't know if they did it games before, they threw out some zone coverage. Did you see that? They did. I think it's preparing for Quinn Cook getting happy minutes at the point.
2: Ooh, I like Maybe, that.
3: Uh, I like figuring out how to, you know, minimize his defense and uh, get get everyone around him helping out.
2: Yes, sir. Good observation. And, I mean, Quinn Cook was actually trying on defense, so we we can give him that. Um, <laughs> uh, just for fun, what, what do you have Avery Bradley um, averaging since I think he's going to be impactful as well, but maybe not to the extent that Quinn Cook will. Uh, I'll go first. I have him averaging 10 points, 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 1.5 steals on 37% from 3, hitting about 1.7 a game. What about you?
3: I'll go with the highlights. Uh, 8 points... Two assists, uh, steal and a half, and a block and a half too.
2: Ooh, I like that. (laughs) Um, Last question for you with regards to the guards: How many minutes is Rajon Rondo averaging this year?
3: (laughs) Um, I'm gonna say 17, but I hope it's lower. (laughs) Yeah. What do you think?
2: I I mean I wasn't too far off. I had him at like 15. 13 to 15 minutes, I think, especially with what you saw in the uh, second-to-last preseason game, Rondo's probably going to soak up the minutes that Caruso had, which were pretty much spot minutes. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see, man. We shall see. All right, the last question of the night with regards to predictions is, what is your one bold prediction for this season? I I told you you could go any way you want to go with this. Lay it on me.
3: Um, uh, my bold prediction is, and I don't think this is really that bold, but, um, I'm going to say Zion does not win rookie of the year.
2: Oh, are we it?
3: are we doing Laker prediction or just uh, well any I mean since, <laughs> since you already
2: started let's go with the any prediction and then give me your Laker prediction. I'm gonna say prediction.
3: I'm gonna say Zion gets hurt he doesn't play um, uh, oh. the majority of the season and someone else takes it unfortunately.
2: Oh that's sad I mean the last news we heard is that he they're holding him out because of some knee soreness so crossing yeah. our fingers and hoping that doesn't actually happen but it's plausible um what about but your my prediction laker my laker bold
3: prediction this goes in line with what i predicted last year uh last josh year josh predicted... hart is gonna
2: win six man of the year <laughs>
3: <laughs> last year i predicted alonzo ball would play 82 games and that was a disaster so this um, year bounce back player lebron james will play 82 games in the regular season.
2: Ooh, wow. That Let's is a it. bold statement, my friend. <laughs> Literally one game. He's like, I need a rest and you're done. Even no. if he plays 81. <laughs> I like it. That's what that, that is what this uh, award statement is all about. Being bold. All right. You ready for my bold prediction?
3: Let's hear it. Lay it on me. Whew,
2: okay. Well, my bold prediction before Quinn Cook blew up was that he would be the Lakers fourth leading scorer. and be his most impactful self. But now that everybody's seen um, the cat out of the bag, it's not that bold. So I pivoted, and my bold prediction of the year is DeMarcus Cousins will play a game as a Los Angeles Laker. (laughs) So So here's how I see it playing out. I think he's going to be this year's Mitch Richmond type, where hopefully we make it that far and if we do win the championship he'll come in to sort of just soak up minutes to say that he played you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's what mitch richmond was for us in our last um three-peat year in 2002 Uh, So I think DeMarcus Cousins will make it back in time, actually. I mean, the torn ACLs are like a nine-month injury. He's going to bide his time. He's been with the team. He'll learn the sets and stuff. But at the end of the day, I don't think he'll have an impactful role. But I do think that he will inevitably play a game as a Los Angeles Laker in the 2019-20 season. What does that mean for Andre Iguodala because we have to cut somebody? I don't know, but this is a bold prediction. Let's see it happen. (laughs) <laughs> all right with that said andy thanks for joining me hopefully this year's round goes better than the previous years um, yeah. we have a much better laker season any last words to say as we enter into the quest for 17.
3: um no no last words all, all my thoughts are or my mind lately has been on the upcoming fantasy draft that we will be <laughs> conducting on the weekend <laughs> And so, just to give you a little heads up, I think I'm going with the Greek freak. I'm going Giannis Antetokounmpo.
2: Please let the listeners know what pick you have this year. Second pick. Uh, Second pick going. And I'm
3: hoping, I'm hoping the the guy with the first pick doesn't pick AD, and then he just falls right into my lap.
2: Oh, okay. So you're hoping he picks Giannis. But either way, if that guy picks AD, you, you got Giannis
3: in the bag. I got Giannis in the bag.
2: All right, there you go. And the Lakers have Giannis in the bag in two years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's do this. All right, everybody, gear up for the 2019-20 NBA regular season. Lakers, purple and gold, championship, let's go. Crossing our fingers. Now, this is going to be fun. Let's put it in quotes. Uh, safeguard yourselves. I don't know what you do superstitiously <laughs> to get ready and geared <laughs> up, but let's all do it together. Yeah. Um, Andy, thanks for joining me. As usual, Thank please you. follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please rate interview us on iTunes five stars. And with that said, Taco Tuesday here Taco we come! Tuesday. <laughs> All right, see you, man.